0: Welcome to Giving Head, the podcast. Wondering what head stands for, what H is for happiness, E for empowerment, and D for development. This is the podcast that will discuss topics from the 40-year-old perspective. This is where we will help to navigate you through this new chapter of your life. I'm your host, Sherry, and my co-host is named Kim. To join this community, push
1: the subscribe button to get all the latest Head episodes. And to help our Head message grow, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment as well.
0: Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Giving Head. H-E-D. Now let's get into it. Hey, Head Tribe. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Giving Head, the podcast. And for the month of February, we decided to highlight a few couples that are talking all about marriage, love, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, and all. Um, This particular couple I've known for mm, over 20 years, and um, I'm so glad to share them with you on this episode. Um, Meet the Taylors. Malcolm and Nicole have been married going on 23 years. They are the parents of three children, Malcolm IV, Sydney, and Miles, and they are grandparents to one daughter, um, granddaughter, that is Yari Zane. They enjoy putting Christ first, traveling, spending time with family and friends, and ministering to other couples, as well as being part of family life and couples ministry. Malcolm and Nicole were marriage leaders for six years and family life leaders for three years. They also attend Oakwood University Church, and that's in Huntsville, Alabama, along with Malcolm having a BS in business a master's in theology and a master of marriage and family therapy and a master of business administration. Now, Nicole, on the other hand, has a BA in social work, a master's in education, as she's also an education specialist, and she has a PhD in reading literacy. They are excited to see the Lord doing his redemptive work, not only in their lives, but in the lives of others and making all things new. Like I said, this is a great episode. If you want to know anything about marriage, please tune in and also stick around. I'm going to give you a few takeaways from the episode. Enjoy. Well, guys, thank you um, for coming. I so appreciate it. I want to welcome you to Giving Hair, the podcast. And I am so excited that you guys are going to be a part of our couples month. I could like to call it the love month of February. The love month. <laughs> and um I've known Nicole and my and Malcolm. I was about to call you Michael. I know why. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm for gosh, is it like 20 plus years now? Yeah. In nineteen ninety three, ninety four. seven three, ninety-four. That oh was a good
2: for me, yes, yeah, nineteen ninety-three. And for us, what,
0: 96?
3: 96,
2: 97. Mm -hmm.
0: Wow. We are family. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Family. Nikhil came, walked into our lives and we spun her around and put her in a turban. And she was, she's been our (laughs) sister ever since. Everyone thought she was Bermudian. Everyone thought she was Bermudian. Erica Baldu came and we was like, girl, you need to put a turban on. They was like, oh, she's really Bermudian. No. The
2: bell bottom, the statue, the bracelets,
0: everything everything and she wore it well she wore it nice (laughs) nice nice good job good job well like i said welcome to the podcast and we're talking about marriage and couples and love for the month of february so again just tell us a little bit about how you both grow up um grew up separately and then i want to hear the love story i know it but i might have missed some details from back then so (laughs) well i want to hear it from beginning to end
2: Okay, Okay. so tell you a little bit about how we each grew up. Yes. Mm -hmm. We are from two totally different backgrounds. I'm from a home where I grew up with, um, it was majority girls, women, and alcoholism was a part of my family. So I grew up, um, I went to church with my friends because my mom was a, you know, every holiday, Christmas or Easter um, Christian. But although I grew up in that type of environment with alcoholism, fighting, cursing, I did have a relationship with Christ and I knew what was good and what was not. And so I always prayed that, you know, God let me find a man that is a Christian, loves his mother and his sister. And so when I moved to Huntsville to attend college, I met Malcolm probably towards the end of my junior year going into my senior year. And he come from a totally different background.
3: Which we can segue into my background.
2: Yes. (laughs) I called
3: it the black husband. That's what I called it. She got that from me. So I grew up, my parents, two-parent household, Mm -hmm. a male-dominated home, uh, alpha male type situation. But we were a blended family. Although two-parent household, we were a blended family, Mm -hmm. which... I didn't understand until I became an adult that we were a blended family because we were just that close.
4: Mm.
3: And I tell my wife that uh, we grew up like the Huxtables, but just broke. Right. We didn't have the Silver Spoon background. We were lower middle class, but we still lived pretty good. And I didn't see the types of things that Nicole began to discuss with me when we got together. So Mm. I just thought everybody got along. <laughs> and that, you and that you didn't want to get along, you know. Mm-hmm. It was more like a gentleman's agreement, you know, like hey. So, right. um, so that was my background, pretty much an in intact family, even on both sides. My parents' parents were together. Oh wow! Which is sort of unique. Mm-hmm. My dad's parents didn't divorce until he was maybe like forty. So, okay. and that was like a jaw dropper for us. So we had an intact. Family, it was generational.
0: Generational. So that to you, like to see a two-parent household was very common. So to meet somebody who comes from a single-parent household, what was...
3: You know, as generations go away from intact generations, they do what most people do, and that is single-family homes. So like my father's siblings, they had single-family homes, one from being a widow another one from divorce and then my mother's side it was riddled with single family homes in her generation so then when it came to my generation so it wasn't like i didn't see it at all but i had the opportunity for the most part to see an intact family you know with grandparents and parents and then my father was a pastor so we had the spiritual element from the beginning which kind of kept us molded in something with structure
1: Okay. Yeah, I just want to know the love story. So where did you guys meet and and how did this love story manifest?
2: Well, Malcolm owned a hair salon, hair and barber salon. And he was the talk of the town in Huntsville. Mm -hmm. And so um, me being a country girl, I had never gotten my eyebrows arched and I wasn't allowing anybody to do my hair at the time. I hadn't found anyone. Then, you know, I didn't have any money to keep it up Mm -hmm. Right. My college roommate, she had a friend and she came to live with us for a minute and she would talk. She would always say, I'm going to Taylor May to get my hair shaped up because back then she was rocking a natural early before any of us thought about that, you know. Okay. And she would go get her eyebrows done. So she would say to me and, you know, my roommate at that time, oh, guys, come up here. You need to get your eyebrows done. So we used to tease her about... You go to that hair salon three times out of the week. You must be interested in the guy, right? Mm-hmm. So we would laugh about it. So then I finally decided to go. And I did. He started doing my eyebrows. And when I first met him, he was very quiet. But he used to wear a cape. And on the a smock, a smock, a smock I'm sorry, a smock. <laughs> and on the smock, he had protect the black woman. A button. a button that said protect the black woman. Love,
3: it said love, respect, and okay. protect. Okay,
2: love,
0: respect. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Come on, Malcolm, I know. Right. Like
2: woman. But he was very quiet. He didn't really say much and I thought he was older, you know, an older man because he carried himself as an older man. Mm-hmm. So long story short, a year into going into the shop, we started conversing a little bit, but he was always a gentleman. And so he found out that I work at Popeye's and he said, When can I come through to get some chicken? Because by this time he was giving me a discount on my hair, right?
0: Yeah, because you had all your friends coming up there. Malcolm gave me my first TLC. I didn't like my boyfriend no more. Her card. I remember that.
2: Yes. (laughs) And so we had this code that when he would come through the drive-thru, he would say, Don't put any hair in my chicken. So he came through the drive-thru. Now, this is probably within about a year's time frame or maybe a year and some months. So he came through the drive-thru and he said, "Um, don't put any hair in my chicken. And I was like, sir, that's not what we do. You know, so (laughs) I forgot all about the cold, right? So so when he pulls up to the drive-thru with his cousin... I was like, oh, my goodness, I felt so embarrassed about it. He proceeds to tell me that, Nicole, you know, I've watched you in the shop, and, you know, you seem like a really nice young lady, and I would like to get to know you a little bit better. And he said, if you don't mind, you know, just call me. What are you doing after work? He said, what time you get off of work? I said, well, I get off at 11 something. And he said, well, do you mind if um, we get together? I said, well, wh- what do you want to do after 11? Something, you know? <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> so he started smiling and you know, that gentleman smile, you know, and he says, No, that's not what I'm wanting to do. Mm-hmm. So he said, here's my number, and I'm going to leave it up to you to give me a call.
0: Yes, yes. Malcolm.
1: Yes.
3: Never did. And
1: needless thing. to say.
3: And you know, you would think like, wow, that couple, they probably had this like, you know, net in the Alpines and, you know, <laughs> but no. It was really uneventful at the beginning, like because she never took me up on my offer. Uh she never called me. Go ahead, Kim.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, but I wanna say as she's telling this story, both of you guys are just smiling from ear to ear. Like I, I know I, the <laughs> audience can't see this, but
3: <laughs> you know, somebody, I'll be honest, Kim. I'm laughing because Nicole is kind of putting two stories in one and when you're <laughs> When you've been married this long, you know, just to let it ride, you know, okay. <laughs> not to correct her, but I means it's fine. Well, what is, what is fine
2: that? What is...
3: Because when I told you about the hair and the chicken, I was by myself.
2: See, we yeah, now we remember, fine. we remember we yeah, remember that it's fine. so
3: but <laughs> when I decided to ask her out, I was with my cousin. Okay. You know, oh. it, it, to be honest, to put this in context, we were really young. Nicole was
0: twenty one and I was twenty, going on twenty three. Mm. See, and I'm with Nicole because I felt like you were so much older, Malcolm. Yeah. I really just like if you put it in. Also, we were all in Huntsville in in college, right? Yeah. And Malcolm wasn't. Malcolm was working. At least I didn't think he was. Like he earned his own salon. He was mm. working. So in my mind, he was just like already grown and, you know, all of this stuff. And I remember Nicole telling me about him and I'm just like, he's so much older than you, Nicole a
2: yeah, <laughs> and, and year and a half older. Yeah. And he didn't wear, you know, jogging mm-hmm. pants. He wore slacks, a polo dress shirt. So he carried himself and groomed himself in a way, you know, we considered that to be an older man.
3: Yeah. right. And I did do some things because like I opened my salon, I was 19. And uh, no. so that was really like, you know, who does that? And I mean, yeah, it was a
5: legit,
3: definitely it was business. it had a command in the community, but I laughed a little bit about it because Nicole was saying about how we met and she did not call me. <laughs> I'll be honest. I wasn't used to rejection. Uh-huh, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. And then I knew that I had, I shouldn't say I knew, I felt like I had options, not that I was arrogant okay. or anything like that, but I'm like, okay, I'm basically a professional. I'm young. Now, I did have a son, and I had just gotten out of a committed relationship. So I was a single parent, but I was trying to take it not so much slow, but like I wanted to pick the right one. Mm
4: -hmm. And um,
3: Mm -hmm. Nicole, I'd asked a couple of her girlfriends, you know, her Bermuda buddies were gone by then. (laughs) She rejected my invitation. Yeah, And so she came in my salon to get her hair done again. (laughs) Isn't that funny? You know, like, I'm here, right? So uh, after I got through doing her hair, I told her, I said, hey, you know, I came to your job. I invited you to call me. I said, you did. I said, and that's fine. I said, but after today, that invitation is up to me. It's up to you, but that invitation is not going to be extended much longer. Oh, okay. Oh. I said, so you know, hey, if you don't call me, it's fine, but go ahead, Am I wrong. You no, me? no, it, I mean... didn't say that because I wouldn't be a mean. And she didn't oh. take, it. you know, she didn't look at me like, really, it's like that. I just told her, I'm like, look, if you don't, it's fine.
0: That's beautiful because it probably shocked her in that sense because well, sharing. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> didn't
2: okay. It didn't shock me, but you know, I too was in a relationship that was ending.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And so I wanted to be sure because I had been praying God, the next relationship, I really, even at the age of what, 21, 22, I really mm-hmm. want this to be the last relationship, you know, to be the one you send me. right? And gentlemen, you know, I just didn't want to make any decisive decisions.
0: I do remember some of those conversations, said Malcolm. I do remember some of that conversation.
5: Yeah, well, I wasn't privy to that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know? Those were long distance calls and letters. You wouldn't yeah. have known about that, yeah. right?
2: I would be thinking about him, and I was interested in him, but I don't. I just didn't yet.
3: So, and she yeah. had options too. So
2: yeah, you know.
3: But the cute thing about it, she didn't tell me the evening that she did, uh, you know, accept my invitation. So she called me and she said, hey, I'm in the area. You told me where you live. I'll come by and we can talk. I was like, okay, my cousin is here. So when she came by my cousin, he eventually left because he was like, oh, you guys talking. Don't want to be a third world. And he knew who she was because I told him about it. Right. And the crazy thing about it is when Nicole came over to talk, she probably came over around eight o'clock in the evening. What time did she leave? I know and I'll tell you, I'll be <laughs> honest. She didn't leave until the next morning. Right? It wasn't sexual. We right. actually talked all night long. Night.
0: Oh, do not she just love that? That I new think. love.
3: We talked the whole night, and you know, we do say some things that's not necessarily real true. Like Nicole was like, Oh. I stay up all night, you know, because I was a night owl then, which she didn't really stay up all night. You know, she kind of shut it down earlier, but <laughs> <laughs> we stayed up that whole night talking and it was cute. Now, that was it cute. was
0: cute. Oh, and what was it that during that courtship that said to you, for both of you, that this is the person that I want to move forward with through life? Well,
2: when I left his apartment that night, i know oh. seriously that well that morning i'm hey. sorry i knew honestly just from the conversation his morals his values and us just talking I said god this is the person Wow. this is the person and from that well you go ahead and answer for me
3: i had that premonition right but men mm-hmm. we tend to run away from that total commitment I'm 23 you know right. i just, a, n- another committed relationship and I right. I wanted to kind of stay in a monogamous relationship, but I still wanted mm-hmm. to feel like I was single. Right. So I really enjoyed her company. I said I liked her conversation, you know, everything about her, but I didn't want to totally commit. Mm. But I wanted to be committed, but I, I didn't want to totally commit. So okay. I wanted her to be mine and no one else's, <laughs> but I wanted to be able to <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to still be able to act like I was single, right? Wow. So, although I, that wasn't any pressure then, because we hadn't officially called ourselves anything yet.
0: But isn't that just the normal? That's normal with every couple that starts out, like you, both of you is like we like each other, we want to be of each other, but we don't want to cut off the options just in case. Like no one is like um fully committed so much because you're scared of losing yourselves and losing options.
3: And you know what? The funny thing about it is she told me, she said, Hey, you know, I got a boyfriend, it's kind of rocky. Actually, he's supposed to come see me tomorrow. (laughs) He's coming from another state. You know, he's driving down to see me tomorrow. And she's like, Hmm. So I wasn't jealous of anything because she's not mine. Right. The crazy thing about it, because we stayed up all night talking, when, you know, this is back before cell phones, you know, pages were cool. But she called me the next day when she got back to her apartment. She said, You know what? It's kind of funny. My boyfriend called me all night long. And mm. he was like, Oh, you must have somebody else. I'm not coming. And that was a blessing, really, because since he didn't come, she said, Well, what are you doing today? Because, you know, we stayed up all night. So she's like, Hey, we can hook back up. So what are you doing today?
2: You and know? I told, the then,
1: soon-to-be ex, well, you don't have to worry about ever
3: coming. Oh, nice. Yeah. You know I had so then, I mean, honestly, we hooked up every day. I mean, we just yeah. hung out every never day apart, from apart. that point on until, wow. you know, yeah. Today. Until today, but of course, when we got to know each other better, it was some rocky points.
1: Yeah. yeah. It sounds like you guys were both very mature early on in yeah. your own separate lives at the moment, right? Because you said, Malcolm, that you were a single father at 23.
3: I was a single father actually at 20.
1: At 20. And responsible. You had your barbershop, different things like that. And Nicole, you had your head on straight at a young age and you knew, you know, Lord, I want a mate and I don't want to just kind of continue to date. And even your approach, it just sounds like both of you guys were so mature in your early twenties. And Mm -hmm. that's not common, you
0: know, for most 20 year olds. So I I would say the part Nicole kind of left out with her family too, is that she's the oldest and has two younger, two, right. Two, three Mm -hmm. younger sisters. And it's a little bit of an age gap, but she was definitely the mothering rule in that, in that, Sibling group as well, mm-hmm. so a lot of her maturity, I think, came from being that person and that role in her family as well. Correct. And it's you know her and her mom kind of grew up a lot, uh, grew up together. So that I think the maturity level with the both of her and Malcolm, from what I've seen, it's where that stems for Nicole as well. You know, That's and true. correct me if I'm wrong, Nicole. Nick.
2: No, no, you're correct in everything that you said. I come from a single parent home, although my mother was married to my two younger sister's dad. That was a good relationship, So, but she was more like the head of the household. So a lot of responsibilities I took on, too, to help my mom as a single mom and as an older sister. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. we know that we want each other we want to be of each other this is the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you have a beautiful wedding that I was unable to attend but I did get an invitation was so upset but nevertheless I think I was in Bermuda at the time I think (laughs) I was and because what year did you guys get married again 98. 98 yeah I was saving up to go do my master so i know i definitely could (laughs) but we were invited but you guys are married you have the fairy tale you know nicole's got the train got the bridesmaids malcolm's got the suit so we have the wedding and it's perfect Mm -hmm. tell us about the marriage because that's two different things yeah
3: i'll start on that so
0: (laughs) i love it love it
3: Yeah, so we're dating, we're having a really good time. Of course, you know, we're human, ups and downs. The dynamic is this, and you kind of hit on it a little bit, Sherry. Nicole is firstborn. Mm -hmm. I'm the youngest. Nicole is from a female-dominated household, I'm from a male-dominated household. Mm -hmm. And I bring my alpha male personality and her alpha female personality, and while we're dating, it's fine. Everything was cool. And then there was a lot of things about Nicole that she didn't tell me. Oh um, meaning
2: pertaining to the yes. family.
3: It, it, okay. Family. I knew everything about her mm-hmm. up until the point of what was her family dynamic. She didn't mm-hmm. share that with me. Mm. Although I had met her family, but I saw a different picture of her family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like they changed everything for me. <laughs> so wedding. We get married. Let's say when we were dating, we were flying like birds and we're at 20,000 feet. But when we got married, it was a nosedive.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. Yes.
3: And that nosedive was reality, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to kind of tell you about my background now, we're both college professors and I'm a counselor now. And I tell my students, because I teach a marriage and family class, we marry Expectation Mm -hmm. or our dreams, and we divorce reality. Yeah, right.
0: That was beautiful, Malcolm. Yeah, (laughs)
3: we divorce reality. So first year in, it was real rocky. I mean, simple things. Nicole's like, so you leave hair in the shower, you know? You got a problem with putting the toilet seat down because you know we didn't live together, right? Right. Well, she had these problems that men just normally do. Because she didn't have a man full-time in the household.
0: And remember, she's an alpha female, so she doesn't have a problem telling a male what's like, there's no filter. Nicole's a very strong Black woman. So yes. it says no filter. It's yes. her, name, like, you know, it's no, like, oh, do you know that the hair that comes out of your head, like, it's in the shower? That's not Nicole.
3: Yes. And see, I grew up in a household where my mom would come in and say, oh, let me clean up behind these men.
5: Yes, right.
3: So she did everything. Yes. Yeah. Everything. Okay. So and I was a mama's boy too. I was all man, but a mama's boy. I would do the manly things if Nicole says, No, we're not gonna do that. But in marriage, when we were dating, it was kind of cool, she worked with it, but when we got married, it was like, no, I think I changed my attitude with your Melness Yes, and uh, I'm not with that anymore, Malcolm. We were rubbing when we first got married, and uh, she started buying these self help books for marriage. I mean, it was really just that bad. Mm. It was so bad. She would read them to me because mm. she knew I wouldn't read it. So she was like, "Hey, I read this. Let me read it to you." And mm-hmm. so I you.
2: And so my godmother had sent me those books. It came. I was reading to him one day, and it was this quote that said that. Women change, we grow into our own, and men typically stay the same. And I was like, wow.
3: Oh, and the quote was Women marry men, expecting that what's bad about them will change, or what mm-hmm. you guys like will change. And men marry women, expecting that's that what too. I like about that woman will stay the same. Oh. It's the opposite. Right. Mm-hmm. Man mm-hmm. normally stays the same, and you women we are grow. like butterflies. Right. You're, you're, Y'all go through a metamorphosis every five <laughs> years, you know? Maybe three. you You're right. You could give me that two to five year window where you guys change. Yeah. Eight, 12 months, but you guys change more so than we do.
5: Right.
3: And I used to fuss about that. And one day she looked at me and she said, I grew up. I used yeah. to say, you don't do this. You don't do that. Like you used to. And then she yeah. just looked at me. And she said, I grew up.
2: Mm. <laughs> like I grew up. <laughs> you know, in all honesty, It's two people coming together, getting to know one another, because when you're dating, it's totally different when you get married. I mean, it just seems like the dynamics changes, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, I was growing into a woman Mm -hmm. trying to adopt to still going to adapt to going to school full-time, being married full-time. We didn't have any kids other than my, I'm a bonus mom. Mm -hmm. When he would be with us trying to do an activity, if I want to do an activity, just managing all those things. And, you know, when you get married, you you have women, we tend to have this picture in our head and we mm-hmm. that's what we see. And mm-hmm. so when it doesn't come to fruition, we're like, this is not the fairytale that I thought. You know, it's all of these responsibilities and having to balance those responsibilities mm-hmm. with work. And then we were young. I mean, yeah. we were young. But so. let me
0: tell you, let me tell you the funny Malcolm, right? They'll probably uh-huh. the get in trouble. Let me tell you, Nicole's like, what is she about to say? <laughs> so I remember when you guys got married and I remember coming to, talking to Nicole here and there and stuff. And it's like, Nicole's like, oh, I just didn't know about this shit. I just didn't know. I mean, it, all I want is a Heineken, like I just want one drink, like I just want to have a little drink. And Malcolm doesn't like me to, and I don't even drink like that, but I just, you know, I like a Heineken, a nice, cool one, right? <laughs> you remember that, Nicole? <laughs>
3: right? So, Nicole was real transparent with all her close people, and um, which I do know, you know, she <laughs> and I just
0: was thinking to myself, like, well, what's you like, you're not an alcoholic, you're not this, but it's just the whole shedding of the old or shedding of that mm-hmm. single life and her being this, like you say, alpha female. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, it's a Friday. I want a beer. Like, you know what I mean? And it's not to say it was something she did all the time, but it was just the, I think for her it was having to answer to somebody mm-hmm. and it wasn't so much answering what we know. No, it was, out of consideration. You know what I mean?
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I guess what you're saying, and to help your podcast listeners, now I'm 26 and she's 24 when we first mm-hmm. get married. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're still kids.
1: Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Me,
3: my mindset is okay, because we really had a lot of fun when we dated. We didn't go to nightclubs so much together, but we would go to bars and chill. Right. But when we got married, this is my mindset.
0: Yeah.
3: Now we have to have structure. Right. Uh-huh. So Drinking has to have its place. Like yes. we were dating. If you felt like it on a Tuesday, that's cool. Because we were both kind of in the college mindset. Mm-hmm. But for me, when it came to marriage, now if we have kids around, we have to structure it, you know. And but for Nicole, it wasn't like that. It was like i got the structure and I wouldn't do something like that. Mm-hmm. And you just have to trust me. Right. So that's where we were like rubbing. So like my mindset was more of a I'm trying to be her boss or her dad. Mm. But it was a picture I had in my mind. and It was a picture she had in her mind. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. Right. And then you come from a single parent household, as Nicole did. Then, you know, it's like I'm not looking for my dad, but your dad comes about or you become dad in some type of a, as far as what you can see, you know, what you may portray.
3: Mm -hmm. And in the picture to me, Nicole can definitely tell me if I'm wrong. The picture to me is when you have not seen your biological dad work in life. Mm -hmm. If you have a husband who's a real man, he then takes the place of what you would call a dad because you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, now he's trying to tell me what to do. And I used to tell him, no, that's what a husband does.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. And that's what I was thinking as far as what Sherry was saying. Once you, and even when you said you got married now, the structure is a little different because now you're thinking as a husband, not as a boyfriend, somebody that we're just dating. And, and, you know, eventually, yes, this is a person I want to marry, but now you have to, you see that because of the foundation that you had as a husband. Now, my role is to protect providing different things like that. And like you said, you know, with Nicole being from a different background, meshing the two together, it took a minute, I'm sure, for it to come together and to understand what your role is and what you're wanting to do for your wife and vice versa for her with you.
2: And that's true. And being young and then, of course, as a Christian, I do believe in the devil.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: He makes it bigger than what Mm -hmm. it is in your head. Mm -hmm. So with that in my head, and the conflict was there, you know. Mm -hmm. But by God's grace and mercy, we were able to work through that.
0: Yeah. And then so take us through your marriage, you're working these things out. And how are you able to work through them together to get to where you possibly are now?
2: To be very transparent, there will be days we didn't talk for few days, four days, maybe a week, you Mm -hmm. know, being stubborn and not having those good communication skills that we needed. But with our church, we decided to join the couples ministry. Mm -hmm. And at first, you know, we didn't want to join because we felt like it was older couples. Oh, what do they know? (laughs) know, That's what we're thinking. (laughs) And then you think about, I don't want anybody in my business, but they kept asking us to join. And when we started really having problems, we both agreed like, hey, let's join. Mm-hmm. So we did join, and it was one of the best decisions that we ever made. Mm-hmm. And then one day, you know, we sat down and we prayed, and he said to me that he was going to really, although he was the man of the house, but spiritual, mm-hmm. spiritual leader, you mm-hmm. know, doing some things differently. And then I also had to say to myself, start watching what I say, how I say it. And both of us just coming together in terms of let's communicate better and really start praying together we did we start praying together and just putting god first in our lives mm-hmm. and honestly that's what we contribute to us making it to where we are now it is truly when you say those vows you know you, you are saying those vows to each other but really ultimately you're saying them making them before God. And that's who you really have the commitment with, because if you have that commitment with him, then it's going to follow through in your marriage because
5: mm-hmm.
2: we don't want to, I mean, as a Christian, I don't want to disappoint God. I mean, I know I have and I do, but ultimately those vows are being committed to him and he is the one that's going to give us the strength each day to keep fighting for our marriage.
1: hmm i was gonna ask what year marriage was this where you guys like you said you know he made the decision to fully become the head spiritual head of the household and you made those changes what year marriage was that you know because you always hear mm, the first year is you know the honeymoon stage and things like that and then you know year five to seven who if you make it over that seven year mark you're winning so yeah,
3: we were kind of against the grain because we got married in 98 and problems started if we really are honest with each other in 98, you know?
4: Mm-hmm. So
3: we didn't have that honeymoon phase where we were in this bliss. And Nicole used to say, well, we experienced that when we were dating the honeymoon phase, right? <laughs> I mean, she had a way of putting things together. So like, <laughs> when she started bringing these self-help books to me, this is like a year in. Oh wow! And so, to give you that timeline, so closer to our third year (laughs) in, we met each other in the living room. We said, "Hey, let's have a conversation," and we did like people who are in business together. Do you want to stay together? And um, we asked each other that, Mm -hmm. and we agreed to stay together Mm because we were going to like go our separate ways. We didn't have children Mm -hmm. with children between us. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't have like a bunch of possessions. I mean, we're still not even 30 yet. Mm -hmm. So it was easy to walk away from each other, especially we were disgruntled in our own way. Mm -hmm. So we agreed to stay together. And then I said, well, if we stay together, this is what I would like. And then she, of course, said, this is some things that I would like as well. So about three years in, that's when we tried to make a covenant. And uh, that three-year covenant, of course, throughout the time that we've been married has been made and broken. Mm -hmm. But we learn how to work through each of those segments. So like you say, that seven-year hump, if you make it through that, you're good. Mm -hmm. That wasn't for us, you know? Mm
4: -hmm. So like
3: seven years, that's nice and all. Now we have, by year five, we've had one child. Mm
5: -hmm. By year
3: six, we've had our second child together. We've got now three children, we're in year six. There's a, definitely more good times than bad. But then we come around year 10, we come to another hiccup, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of who are we, where mm-hmm. are we want to be, you know, mm-hmm. how do we keep this thing together? So it's like each segment in time, we come to these hiccups where we have to really like catch ourselves.
2: Right,
0: because mm-hmm. you're married now for how many years have you guys been married now?
2: It'll be 23 in July.
0: And yeah, Thank you. Wow. congratulations. It is. Yes, 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 it yes. is. So that leads me to the question where I sent to you guys as well. Is marriage for everyone?
2: You know, I do believe that there are some people that it's not for because we know some people that have not married. Do they want to marry? And some people don't. But I can definitely say for me, it is for me. Because Mm -hmm. he is honestly my better half. I mean, he Mm -hmm. really, he lights a fire under me when I'm wrong or to push me to be better if I'm I'm feeling self-conscious about something. And so in a marriage, that's what you want. You might not always agree on one accord about something, but your better half is there to really help you to make it into heaven. That's what we're here for to help Mm -hmm. each other. And I do believe that God blesses you with that person if you continue to work together and to just hold on and to get through those tough times. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. And you know, for me, the answer to that question, I'm a little more technical. (laughs) (laughs) He
2: said
3: I was was technical. No, I'm I'm saying I'm technical because of my behavioral health background. And when Mm -hmm. you say it's marriage for everyone, I would venture to say marriage is for everyone because of the institution. Mm-hmm. But is everyone, is it, is it, it you know, mm-hmm. that's We right. got
1: you. So you well, have his, his other half had it. His other half had
3: it. Yeah. <laughs> so we, you have to know yourself because mm-hmm. like as kids, we say, I can't wait to get out and get a job. Yeah. Work is for everyone, but. What type of work are you willing to do? What type of work are you willing to put in? Mm -hmm. So if you're not a committed person, although marriage is for everyone, and you're a person that doesn't Mm -hmm. like commitment, then you really need to have a self-assessment and know yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Can we get prepared and be marriage material? I think every person who walks on this planet can be. Mm -hmm. It's just the mindset, the heart set, and what you're willing to do because it's really giving up Yourself in so many different ways.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because If
3: if somebody wrongs you, you know, or if you wrong someone and it's in a marriage, it's like, okay, how much am I going to give up to make this thing work? You know? Mm, right. So it's easy to stay together when it's good.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, because
2: I know I have learned a lot about myself over the years. And sometimes when you really... Really start thinking about some of your ways, you know. Mm-hmm. You like that's I've been acting like this, <laughs> you know. Right. And I'm, I'm transparent, like yes, selfish, yeah. You know, I didn't realize how selfish I was. Wow, that was
0: a slap in the face. I'm like, I just couldn't believe
2: it. But
0: right, and Malcolm, it was probably like this is you know you're 23. I'm been trying to tell you, you're 10. Now.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, she was. I think for me I would overthink things. Okay. Cuz it was amazing like when I decided to go and get my masters in the area of psychology, she used to tell me, don't assess me, you know, <laughs> you know, don't don't play these assessments on me, you know. <laughs> don't 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 analyze me, you know, don't diagnose me, you know. She would be quick to <laughs>
0: So two children within the first five, six years of marriage, how did becoming parents change the marriage as well? Because that's a a whole nother layer or dynamic to what may have already been some issues, I'm sure, highlighted in other ways.
2: Well, I would say because we waited five years, which to me was pretty good to try to work out those kinks and really focus and get to know each other. So when we did um, start having kids, I don't feel that it made anything worse. Kids do bring in a lot of joy. What we have learned in having children is that as parents, we are first.
5: Mm -hmm.
2: And so we discuss things together. We've had arguments in front of our children, but they weren't bad arguments, more like a disagreement. And we would tell our kids you know, they say, mommy, and daddy, are y'all arguing? No, we're just having a strong discussion. Mm-hmm. But they've never seen us know, go at each other in a bad way. And that's not what we do. But if we know that it may escalate a little more, <laughs> we take that behind closed doors. But we don't want our kids to think that couples don't argue. So we're very transparent with our kids, too. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't tell them our business, but we let them know, mommy and dad, we have disagreements, but it's how you communicate and work them out. Mm-hmm. And so by the time we did have our children, it wasn't, you know, just mainly getting used to not just jumping up and going anywhere. You had to plan, properly plan. And for the first nine months, I didn't even get a babysitter or anything. I was at home. So, you know, and he worked. So I was able to stay at home for a year. But um, by that time, five years, it was time. Mm-hmm.
3: And this is the thing Nicole most has forgotten too. Um <laughs> She, she, you know, Nicole would be honest at certain times, which would be like a jaw dropper. Mm -hmm. But she said that she wanted to wait the time because she didn't know if she wanted to stay with me. You know, (laughs)
0: right? Okay.
3: She said I didn't want to have children and be a single parent because
0: Mm
1: -hmm. that's that's what I exactly exactly. So
3: rocky those first two years, three years. She was still filling me out. Like, do I want to have children with this man? And yeah. yeah, I might not stay with him because, of course, we're still young. And then I think for Nicole, there's something else that she forgot. See, I was already a parent. I had a son. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew the love that a father would have for a child. Of course, I'm still trying to understand motherly love because that's like one of the pinnacles, right? But mm-hmm. when Nicole had our first child, she'll remember when I say it. She came to me and she said, Malcolm. I didn't know I could love somebody like this.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: That's what she told me.
4: Mm-hmm. She said,
3: "Now my whole perception has changed because her and her mother used to have this rocky relationship." Mm-hmm. He said, "I can't imagine me doing to my daughter what I have experienced on and off with my mother."
0: Right. Yeah. So
3: our daughter, which was our first child together, really mm-hmm. like changed her whole perspective on how she should have been parented and
0: mm-hmm. how she was
3: going parent and love. love
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's the growth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think what I met Sydney when she was like a couple of days old, you just had came from the hospital. I don't know why Tanisha and I were in Huntsville, but here's Nikhil sees that she's like, guys, look, and we're like, Oh, the baby. <laughs> and we were so excited. For you guys, like the fact that you 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 had this baby, and that again, not knowing everything that transpired prior to that, mm-hmm. but was so excited that your family was growing. How was it when your son came about? Because we're just getting in a groove, and I think he came maybe a year, a year or so later. Oh
5: no, no. <laughs> well, that
2: was I, that, that was, was a cute no. situation. That
0: was. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> no.
1: Nicole's like no.
2: <laughs> I had said, okay, we had Sydney, I'll wait about two years. But then I was like, mm, I, don't, I was probably not going to have another one, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. But that's not what the Lord wanted. Eight months. Sydney was eight months when I found out I was pregnant with my son. I was at first I was so sick. <laughs> I was like, I I woke up. It was. I was like, that's
3: what married people do, right?
2: <laughs> it was one o'clock in the morning. And see, I, have been, I was breastfeeding and the doctor had given me these birth control pills that you can take while breastfeeding. And mm-hmm. I kept saying, I'm going to take them, I'm going to take them. That didn't happen. And then the, the one slip up, one o'clock in the morning, I take a pregnancy test because my monthly is one day late. I'm never late. It pops up two lines. So I write him this letter, long letter in the bathroom. I was like, "Yes, close your mouth. You did it." And da da da. All that stuff. <laughs> and he wakes up the next morning, and he's like, "Oh, I thought you had written me a love letter." He yeah. said, "You fussing?" <laughs> yeah,
3: I mean, the letter was like for real. It was like, "Look what you did." I was like, "Me?"
1: <laughs> yeah, because it was him. <laughs> it, it's a- I, I
0: remember. I remember Nicole telling me she was like, "I told Malcolm, I." Told him that this was going to happen. I told him, she's like, Sherry, I wrote him a letter. And I was like, Nicole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, she was embarrassed.
3: That's the crazy thing about it. I'm like, oh.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I had just had a baby, you know, and Sydney was only eight months. Mm. Because even I had started wearing maternity clothes earlier with the second one. And so I asked OB-G the OBGYN, right? I said, well, Dr. B. I said, why? why is my stomach showing so fast he said baby because you hadn't healed from the first one and i was like, oh. so but you know that was just it but
1: i mean yeah
2: I, youth too but i could not god knows what we
1: need and, and, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and he definitely gives it to us exactly when we need right. it
2: yeah. yes so that it worked out how it was supposed to work
0: out mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And how has marriage life now taken off between now being parents? Cause b- both of the kids are teenagers now, right? We're not. She's,
2: oh. She's graduating. Oh,
0: cause I'm like, we're not adults yet. Right. Cause that's really going to make me feel like, you know,
2: <laughs> we will be hopefully empty nesters. Miles is in the 10th grade. He'll have a couple of more years, mm-hmm. but you know, once they become teenagers, especially having a girl it's harder for daddies with girls. And because I'm a woman, you know, I know the expectation. I know how we are. And so we balance each other in that area of allowing her to do certain things. And he talks to her from the daddy's perspective. And I talk to her from a mother's perspective. And so when she wanted to first start dating, oh, it was hard for him. You know, so mm. we had a conversation. If you don't allow her to now, sweetie, what are we going to have when she leaves this household? Yeah. So yeah. those are the conversations and, you know, we have and try to balance each other. And then he balances me with this boy because boys are mama's boys.
1: And that's what I was going to ask. Do you see yourself now? Your son is a mama's boy. As he was saying, he realized that, wow, I was a mama's boy, too. Mm-hmm. So has it come full circle a little bit? Yes, oh. in a different kind of way. So,
3: <laughs> I was a mama's boy, but I had two older brothers. Okay. who were, you know how when we grow up and we realize, you know what, I was abused, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, I had two older brothers who would bully me.
5: Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. in
3: 2021, we call that abuse, right?
5: Right. But they mm-hmm. were
3: bullying me out of the baby boy, mother's boy mm-hmm. attitude,
5: right? Mm-hmm. So they kind of
3: just roughed me out of it. But my son, my youngest son, The time span between our oldest, I mean, Mm -hmm. our oldest son was 13 when he was born. Yeah. So he really didn't have that kind of interaction with them like that. So he really experienced all mom with -hmm. nobody to bully him out of it. But Mm -hmm. he had me. Mm -hmm. And uh, she would do things that would soften him up that I would tell her that doesn't work if we want to create a man. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not homophobic. But it's kind of like um, like we had an instance when he would get out of the bathtub, we had a towel floor. She had trained him not to allow his feet to get cold. So he would get out of the shower and like tiptoe to the rug. Like he didn't like his feet.
1: Well, because the- we're just trying to nurture and love up on our baby. That's yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah. Me, as a, me, as,
3: me as a brawny, <laughs> as a brawny man, i witnessed that. I said, oh, what's, what What did I, I even say, I said, what did you just do? I, I, I said, no. I looked at her. I said, that is today. And it was funny. I pulled him off the rug onto the towel floor and I said, put your two feet on this floor. Right. So You'll right. be fine. Right. So, <laughs> we had those types of experiences because she would try to pour in the softer side of things yeah, and I would try to push in the brawny thing. You right. Know?
2: So well, it's a balance it because he balances me with the boy and I balance mm-hmm. him with our daughter because exactly. I'm harder on her than he is and he's harder on our son than I am. Mm-hmm. So and
1: I was going to ask if that's the case too with you being like you said, you kind of had to raise your siblings. And then as a woman, we know we raise our daughters to be independent
5: right
1: and we tend to cater to our sons because you know we just want to nurture you and
0: love up yes. on you. Yeah. well and then not having any sons in your rearing as well boys mm-hmm. nicole for you you know what i mean so it was straight because well it could have mm-hmm. been either way you could either have gone all the way to the left and been like you need to be real hard or you could have been that nurturing side which you did flip it you know what i mean
3: that wasn't a problem in our marriage, but I, I used to get jealous because oh. I mean, you know, I would come in the room and they're just huddled up kissing. I mean, like, of course, he's two, three years old, but right. he gets all this love. <laughs> I'm like, I don't get that, you know.
1: But as a psychologist, though, you know that the whole theories of
3: I wasn't in behavioral health yet, then.
1: Oh, okay, <laughs> oh,
3: okay. My
2: God.
3: He, he still should have known. Yeah. So yeah, he she, uh, <laughs> she <laughs> She really, like, loved on him and our daughter, too. She loved on both of them. And that was an experience that she grew into
2: Mm. because,
3: like, she didn't get that type of affection. Her family is not like that. And um, We
2: say we love each other, but we're not
3: touchy-feely.
2: And he comes from a household, a family where the guys are... Touching and rubbing. I'm yeah, like, oh. Yeah, we're touching. So things. I had to learn because that's his love language.
5: Mm-hmm. Love language
2: mm-hmm. is quality time and touching and affection. At first, it was hard. Because like
3: she'd have to work at it. Out. I
2: had to work at it and be like, you know, I mean, I really had to be very intentional.
1: Intentional. Mm-hmm.
2: But he understood that at first it bothered him, but then he realized She didn't come from a family like that. So although it was, it seemed, you know, intentional, not really natural, he Mm -hmm. accepted that until one day it became very natural.
0: Yeah. Well, kudos to yourself for continuing to do it and not like do it. And then like, I can't do that again, but pushing yourself and staying intentional each time and having a partner that received it and was like, okay. And then I'm sure one day it was just like, She's just like that. And it's funny because I don't remember that being, and was it just towards males or what? I don't remember that you being that type of way with us back in that day because Bermudians are very huggy, come over here. We're very like welcoming. Like I said, Nicole was instantly Bermudian and she was immersed into families that she never had before. You know what I mean? So I don't remember you being like that. She
3: loves the reception of it, Mm -hmm. but the return in a long-term relationship, I think, was tough for her.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know what Nicole's love language was. What was it, Malcolm?
3: The Heineken? No. No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's in those lines. Nicole loves food. Like Nicole's love language was food. Like, you want like, yeah, Nicole's Love Language Yeah, yeah was and exactly. that ties
3: in the gifts, right? Yeah. Yeah, you right. And that was... Yeah. She because,
2: does. you know, that's another thing. It's um, Dr. Gary Chapman has a book called The Five Love Languages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that's another thing we started doing. I, we forgot all about this. When we became a part of the marriage couples retreat, we actually started going on different retreats. But within like three years, One of the couples, the leaders asked us to become leaders, and we was like,
5: Wow. Wow. I
2: was like, We fuss all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? And she was like, Doesn't matter. She said, It's going to help you. And it really did. Mm -hmm. So we would go to different places. And we came across Dr. Gary Chapman. He wrote this book called The Five Love Mm Languages. So we actually started, I would read it in the car. One day we was leaving his sisters and he said to me in the driveway something about his love tank, because it talks about the different types of love language.
5: Mm -hmm. And
2: when you do the test, you know what your spouse's love language is. And so you want to deposit into that love tank to feel them mm-hmm. because what we found out my love language that what I wanted him to do for me, I was doing for him. And mm-hmm. what he wanted for him, he was doing for me. And that was opposite. Mm-hmm. So this book was another eye eye-opener for us. So when he told me, he said, well, my love tank is half full. I was like, really? I said, well, mine is empty. So <laughs> we both, So we started laughing in the driveway and I said to him, I said, you know what? If we're going to purchase this book, we purchased this book. We, we were going to his actual workshop. And I said, we have got to apply it. So mm-hmm. we actually did. And his love language is quality time and um, touchy. And mm-hmm. mine at the time was acts of service. Mm-hmm. If I came home and expecting to do the laundry and it was done, oh. Hello. Whatever he wanted that night. Okay. <laughs> so... So those were the things that we learned to do also that really, really helped us. And so honestly, for couples, when you know what your love language is and you actively do it, don't just say you're going to do it. I know what his is. Do it. Just do Mm -hmm. it. Because it really does fill the love tank, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. I would say and wrapping up, we would like to know your Two tips for, I'm not going to say like a great marriage, but just two tips that people could use throughout their marriage. And then of course, what is your head, your happiness, empowerment, and development?
3: Well, I would say two tips, of course. I mean, sometimes we say these things and it's like, us oh, easier said than done. But in marriage, you want to have a return on investment, right? Mm. And um, if what you deposit is going to be your return, right? Okay. So if you begin to say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to start depositing love, patience, a more clear understanding, you're going to get a better return on your investment. But if I start making withdrawals, and my withdrawal is, I call withdrawals, arguments, disagreements that are never stopped, never uh, quelled, then you start seeing a decline in your relationship. So that's my first thing. What type of re- return do you want on your investment? Because we're investing time with each other. Mm-hmm. Because now that we have 23 years in, if we were to split now, it's a different look than if we were to have split when we were at three years in at 24, 26. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is understanding what love is for you, right? Oh. Because, you know, The is have a song, love is not love until you give it away, right? So when you understand what love is to you, and that is, like I say to myself, I love her enough not to, Mm -hmm. and then I love her enough to. So I love her enough not to try to hurt her, do these types of things. Mm -hmm. And then I love her enough to, you know, whatever demands that she's making to try to make our relationship work. Mm -hmm. So those two things, return on investment. And understanding what type
0: of love you're going to have between. Okay, great. What is your happiness, empowerment, and development as a couple?
2: Well, I would say our happiness, honestly, would be, and you can tell me, I'm just speaking for both of us. I mean, Mm -hmm. honestly, for both of us, when our relationship is solid with Christ, you know, you have an individual Mm -hmm. relationship with Christ and then what you do as a couple together. And I know people say, you know, sometimes they think it's cliche when you say put God first But I'm telling you, with him, he helps you to get through whatever phase you're going through in your marriage. And even if he's not in your life, you know, if Christ is not in your life, it's worse. So why not have him a part of your life, your marriage, so that he can give you his strength to help you to get through it. And so our happiness would stem from us putting Christ first. But the next one is empowerment. right? Mm
5: -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. And our empowerment, I would say, honestly, for me is. I know Malcolm, even if he never told me that he loved me verbally, I know that he loves me. Mm -hmm. I know that in his actions, what he does, what he says. So that's a for sure thing for me. So that empowers me to be a better wife, to try to be a better wife to him. Mm
0: -hmm. And And your development.
3: Development, you know, development rests in this room that's you can't fill up and that room is called the room for improvement.
5: Mm -hmm.
3: So we're constantly developing because it's amazing. When we first got married, had we said, you know, 25 years in, this is where we expect to be, right? We're so close to 25 years now, you know, this year is 23. We're two years shy of 25, but we understand that there's still so much more room for improvement, Um, you know, individually and collectively. So when it comes to development, my best answer for that is keep developing. Right. Because at every turn, there's a new problem. You know, so now we're going from a full household in the next five years, we'll be empty nesters. So now we'll have to develop as two middle-aged people trying to make <laughs> it work with everybody gone.
0: Right. So right.
3: Now we have a new problem. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. So
3: developing is a continue.
2: And I, was, yeah. I just want to add too, because oftentimes you hear couples say, well, we've been together 30, 40 years. We shouldn't be this. You are always continuously growing. And sometimes mm-hmm. I can say something, tell Malcolm something. He's like, you know what? You've never shared that story with me. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. So you're still learning things about each other as well. So You never want to get to a place where you feel that, oh, I got this thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just like on your job where you feel like you don't need any more professional development, you know it all. That's not true in America. Mm -hmm. You are constantly growing, developing. Something new has happened. But the one thing that we have learned and we do know that whatever comes your way, our way, we've made a vow to get through it, to stick it Mm -hmm. out, because it's easy to just say bye. I mean, it really is. It's easy to just say I'm done. But once you get through the other
0: side, you know, like, wow,
3: well, I'm glad we didn't quit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to
0: quit. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys so much. Like, um, this was awesome. I'm so glad that you were able to do this for us and for the listening audience. We need to see more couples, young couples, because she's still young yes yes Yes. still young well look now you are Malcolm and we was in school I was like oh there's so much <laughs> I know but you guys still look fabulous I always look almost like oh, they look like they're aging backwards so that's wonderful but thank you so much and I um, really appreciate you guys for doing this yes thank you it was a pleasure meeting you both
1: yes. thank you for sharing your story and just empowering myself and other people and the listeners, like Sherry says, in regards of that journey of life and knowing yourself and being committed to yourself and also growing together. So thank you for showing us and telling us your story, your love story from the beginning, the middle and the future. I can't wait to do a recap. Yes. So thank you so much for sharing with
0: us. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank,
2: thank you. you all for having us. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. We've enjoyed
0: it. Yes. Thank yeah. Hey, Head Tribe, wasn't that an awesome, awesome, awesome episode? Malcolm and Nicole have been married for 23 years and they definitely offered up some great tips, some uh, motivation and inspiration. What I took from that episode is putting God first, staying committed and be able to evolve together as a couple and evolve individually. And be transparent as possible with each other. That goes along with the communication. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you do, please don't forget to leave us a review or subscribe to the podcast as well.
1: Thanks for joining us this week on Giving Head, the podcast.
0: And make sure you check us out on Instagram and Facebook for more information on this Head episode. And as always, subscribe to the show to catch every new head episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you that good head. See you next time. Ciao for now. Bye.